Welcome to the new podcasting location. Podcasting room. It's just my it keeps office changing. in Concord. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but... James got in here before you did. I know. Well, we have some exciting... Was he on the uh, the 70s love seat that I'm on right now? He is, yeah. He was. Oh, yeah. damn it. <laughs> All right, cool. We'll, get a, we'll have to get a picture of you on the 70s we have love to, yeah, seat. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to describe. It's it's in, uh, as Amber described it, fall colors. It's it like is. fall foliage. It's like it orangey. Looks like a lot of burnt orange. Like a which tree I think fell was a, all over like it, for a, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it was a big 1970s thing. And also you skinned some kind of snow leopard or something. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> like a creamy white mixed with burnt orange. Um, because, yeah, the 70s was all about, like, let's bring all the floral that, into that the That fur house. thing is the weirdest thing that Amber owns, probably. It works well on it, this couch. <laughs> I like it a lot. She, so she has this hard-ass, like, office chair here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, hand me my fur. I was like, what are you talking about? And so she... <laughs> She just puts the fur over the hard ass office chair so the yeah, it's not it. as hard. <laughs> I get it. It's just kind of a random it's like the most random accessory I've ever seen someone a, actually own. It's coming together in here. I like it. You've got some uh, house plants, which are exciting. I'm a plant father, yeah. That's what yeah. It, that's my role. Um you've got stay at home plant that. father. I have um my new job is uh, at the botanical garden, so it's basically uh, just a big room full of plants that I can buy anytime I want at a discount. So I've already bought a bunch of succulents that I think I can keep alive. That's harder than you think. Uh, succulent, really? yeah. Succulents can be really tough. They like, want a lot of sun is what I'm And learning. they don't want a lot of water. No. I, I Mom gave me one. A bunch you of people gave me... You have such a cool, like, um, I mean, cool as in like temperature wise like house in Oakland yeah you don't get a lot of sun huh so our steps leading down to our apartment are like all sun all the time so mm. I've been putting them on our steps leading down but then I don't get to enjoy them as much but um, yeah everyone at our housewarming gave us succulents and I was like are you trying to say that I can't keep a normal plant alive it's cool it's fine <laughs> um, so I got a bunch of, <laughs> bunch of them and they're all being friends and I'm trying to trying to acclimate them um but yeah, yeah, I like I like it in here. It looks good. It's starting to come together. It's starting to come together. I just recorded all day today. On some our guitar. Yeah, some guitar. Oh, nice. No one was home here, so I was Use able to my... just crank up your Fender to yeah, the max volume. Yeah, nice. Sounds good. Yeah, it does sound good. Sounds I'm really, really good. I was playing. Uh, I was trying a bunch of different guitars and a bunch of amp combinations, and I have my little M160 Bayer Dynamic and this AKG 214. I put them right next to each other, so they're recording like kind of in stereo. You do and Fender, Fender? Um, I, I didn't plug them in together. I, I meant like Fender guitar, Fender amp? Uh, yeah, I did. Nice. I did, yeah. I, I do like the Fender, like, clean tone sound that you get. Yeah. Like, my Marshall, does, it just never gets that clean. It never does. What did you play primarily today? Did you play your D'Angelico for the songs, or are you playing more kind of gritty Fender stuff? Um, I did I did about half and half. Yeah. The D'Angelico is very clear, and it has, like, yeah. that, that ringing... Um, kind of singing chords with the uh with the uh bigsby oh yeah you know so i can like actually vibrato the chords which yeah. is it makes it sound really dreamy yeah so i i did a lot of that but then i also did um some more just kind of raw like fender sound but i guess it was still pretty clean I also did some really dirty guitar solos yes. too, which was fun. Which songs have the dirty guitar solos? Um, Shine. Oh, okay. I just did. Yeah, I recorded like gotta be. ten different ones. You got it. And I <laughs> it's 
And I hope it turned out okay. <laughs> I mean, it's been a while since you've been in the podcasting space. We, I had Me? James in. Yeah, I had yeah, James. We then, did uh, the wait, or sorry, not the wait. Uh, we did the last waltz. <laughs> sorry, we practiced the wait last night, so it's very heavy on my brain because it is a beast of a song, apparently. Um, you know, every song by the band that I've tried to cover in any band, not just Radio Keys, um, when I was briefly in a Vince and Anna's band, I don't remember if we were Kidmo or like Go-Kart Mozart. I think you what, guys were Go-Kart. We were something. Yeah. And uh, I went on a mini tour with them up north, like Seattle and stuff. And uh, we were we were trying to do Up on Cripple Creek. That's and it turns not, it's out just that, all that, feel. Is a, that is a rough... We had such a hard time with it. Like, Well, the band, the band is like all feel and style. Like yeah. there's no... There's nothing glamorous about it. It's not like... If you can hit this like thirty second note run, it sounds good. It's like yeah, no, it's, it's not, just all feel and, and I think and, and I'm not trying to throw shade on those guys at all. Like they're amazing musicians and we did a bunch of covers that like slayed, but like that one we just couldn't get to click. And I think it, it might have had to do with the fact that we were all kind of like thrown together musicians and we just didn't know each other very well yet. Yeah. Like we were just kind of still like I was we were all kind of brand new and it was a brand new lineup and I mean we that's when I started singing Angel from Montgomery because Vince oh. told me to. He was like, you should do Angel from Montgomery. Like it's right in your range. And nice. then I started doing it with them and then we started doing it as a as a two piece. But yeah, John Prine. But um but yeah, the, the band songs are rough. So so yeah, we're trying to do the wait, and we debuted it in Groveland. Yeah, and I thought I thought, I thought it was I thought it was all right. I, th- I thought it could have crashed and burned a lot. Um, because there's the yeah, <laughs> put the wait, put the low right on me. And it that, only we only crashed and burned so a few hard. times. Yeah, the timing Probably was off a fault. few times. Yeah. Well, there was a, there was a few that were your fault, but it's all right. Alante's <laughs> <laughs> like, good. God damn it! It's all good. <laughs> I tried to hop in there a few times. You did as a yeah. backup, yeah, because we were trying to do the Aretha version. I was dying. I was very sick. Yeah. And like, oh, I know. Yeah. It was. It was really the sec- the first night I was able to gut it out and like get through it. But then when I woke up the next morning and my voice was just like completely thrashed, it yeah. was just the second hot. we started the next three yeah. hours set. I was just like, wow, I'm already pretty much tapped out. Yeah. Like do the sound check and your voice thought, is cracking. You're like, oh, oof. shoot. I thought you sounded good um, for the so. stuff. Like you did family tradition and stuff and you sounded like your old self. No. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a, a turnaround weekend. It's like it was, two, it three was hour a- gigs back to back is on anyone's voice. And we did, didn't we do a rehearsal the night before? So it was like um, three hours. Singing, we did. Hours singing, I didn't, I didn't singing. actually didn't sing at the rehearsal. I, yeah. I knew that it was coming. So I like, I like dialed it back. Yeah. But honestly, Groveland is one of my favorite shows we've ever played. Oh, I agree. It We're doing it there. again for sure. And shout oh, yeah, out to I Tom for getting up, us the... Yeah, thanks. shout out to Tom. But um, I, I hit up Chris on Facebook. I actually added him as a friend because I liked him so much. <laughs> yeah, so Chris Chris runs uh, the he Iron Door Saloon. Owns it. Sorry, yeah. owns and runs it. Um, and it's the oldest saloon in the state of California. Smiley's begs to differ. Well, we they anyway we had a hot debate about it. Yeah, but we've played. I both. actually emailed. <laughs> I actually emailed Smiley's today trying to confirm oh, our gig because we're playing there on October fourth. Fourth, yeah. And um, I confirmed October fourth, and uh, I mentioned to them like, you know, we just played Iron Door. At Iron Door, and they said the only bar that might be older is, is Smiley's, Smiley's, and, and Bolinas, they're like, yeah. And she like emailed back, "We're the oldest bar west of the Mississippi." smiley face <laughs> so Damn, they definitely okay. and of course they sent the smiley face <laughs> yes, it's that, smiley yeah. but they um they 
are both incredible. I mean, if you talk about like which venue is cooler, it's undoubtedly the Iron Door Saloon. Oh, okay. The Iron Door Saloon. We're taking sides. Oh, for both sure. Will, both will let you sleep atop the bar. Yeah. There's like a little apartment above the bar. Um, and they're both super well, like. You talk about stage and like school. lights and the room. Like, yeah. Iron Door Saloon well, is. Well, Bellinas, I kept feeling like we had to turn down. Like, everyone's like, can you just fucking be quiet? Oh, we played super quiet. It was the quietest show we've maybe ever played besides that show in uh, Hot Monk. Hot Monk, where they were like, can you just turn off everything? Oh, I'm playing there next Friday. I'm just I'm like, sorry. yeah, I'm just I'm not honest. talking shit. I'm just, it was definitely like you guys need to, it was like the quietest we've ever been for Like, I don't want to say forced to play. And it's not like we come in there like guns blazing, like down. Like, we're not a metal band. We're not the who. Yeah. Like we're not like coming in like fucking <laughs> like we're coming in like as an acoustic folk duo. And they're like, oh, you guys are just so goddamn loud. Like you just turned down. And it was like, it was like this 18 like, year old really? waitress that just kept telling us to turn down. And we're like, do you have any authority? Yeah. It's, yeah. So you'll be fine as a one piece. I think I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'm the loud one. I'm just doing it for the paycheck. That's going to be a serious, That's like a clock punch the in. clock. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's an, an any musician. I learned a bunch of new songs know. though that are fun. What so I'm trying to entertain doing? myself. I'm doing a bunch of covers. So I'm doing Rocky raccoon. <gasps> I'm doing traveling band. I'm doing. Oh, fun. We um, should try to do that too. We should definitely fun. try to do that. Yeah, It'd be that's super one of my fun. favorite CCRs. And I'm doing um, uh, "Lonesome as a Shadow" by Charlie Crockett, our boy. Uh, and, um, classic. And then there was one other one that I'm doing, but I can't remember. Oh, I'm doing uh, "Suspicious Minds" by Elvis. Yeah, you know I've been listening to a lot of Elvis <laughs> since we we watched his uh, some of his like we were doing rock band or whatever when we watch all these old. YouTube videos of, of concerts that make us feel good about rock being musicians. Rock band is so fun. Yeah, yeah, and just drink and talk shit. Rock and band is so fun. Watch all these vintage videos of like James Brown and shit. And it's just, it, it revitalizes highly, everything. We've talked about rock bands so much and we're not talking I, about I the video game. I hope all of you game. are doing it at home. It's and, super and it's fun. not rock band, it's rock concert. Sorry, rock concert. <laughs> Sorry. But concert. it's what we do and we've mentioned it multiple times. But if this is your first time, Basically, what you do is you just drink a bunch of wine and you fill up the queue on YouTube. You just yeah. pass the phone around and fill up the queue with like random live performances of artists that, that you want to like, watch. Yeah, maybe never seen live. Maybe you have seen live, but you want to watch it again. Yeah. Like we watch James Brown like claps to his knees like oh, eight times dude. in a row. We watch he Elvis. We watch the Who. We yeah, watched, Elvis. Um, so we watched specifically Amy the Elvis. Winehouse. We um, watched Amy like Winehouse everybody. Breaks my heart. Nirvana. Nirvana. But you, I just kind of Google someone that I love. Like, oh, I want to watch something by Joe Cocker, and then I'll find this live video that I've never seen before. And it's like you just throw that up, and then you and get it blows your mind. And it's all like, live. Oh yeah, even if it's some like we've watched some cheesy like 1950s shit where it's like they're not playing. I, re- I recommend people but. doing it for their like kind of teenage kids because I, I show my students videos all the time. Yeah. And they like they think of the Beatles or like the Rolling Stones or or uh, Led Zeppelin, and they think of their parents, and they think of like lame old people. Oh, and then you show them cool, like young, young Jimmy Page like attractive. and like young Robert Plant, and they're like, "Oh, this, this is, is cool. what this looks like." It doesn't look like my dad playing guitar. It looks like some yeah. cool like twenty eight year olds playing guitar, and then yeah. and then it changes their entire. It's amazing how like just a video of someone playing can change your entire perspective about them. So yeah, rock concert is the shit. It is. But so we watched, I forget Elvis. how we started, but we, we watched, we yeah, watched Elvis. We watched Elvis, yeah. uh, playing a huge acoustic guitar comeback 68 comeback special and he's and he's sitting on a square surrounded by the audience which i don't know how they did that sound wise back in the day but it was very big and there's like 18 girls behind him just drooling well yeah like 360 (laughs) right and like and he's got like 
three other random dudes on stage and he plays Elvis plays acoustic guitar and he's wearing leather and he does just trying to get to you and it's one of my favorite live videos he of all time. He does an incredible job. I actually do that live too now. Oh, you, um, yeah, yeah, it's a great... Yeah, anyway. But so. I, I've been learning a lot of cover songs. Oh, but sorry, to, you're doing an yeah, Elvis song. That's why keep, I started talking just, about that. I mean, I'm playing a lot of solo shows just trying to, you know, like we've said get many that bread, times. Yeah, get, the get that bread. <laughs> Are they going to throw some bread at you? Or? Well, now, I mean, my, my girlfriend just got a job, so now yes. she's just full-on sugar mama. So I don't, need to, I don't need to work anymore. I've had no. one of those, yeah. <laughs> one of those types of husband I for a while. I don't need to work no more. It's not, yeah, it's nice. Well, it's it's on a, on a real level, like as someone that has a partner that can be supportive when he has to because they care about your happiness. Like, it's it's such a wonderful and valuable thing and it's and it's genuine it's not like oh you know someone's disgruntled and they're supporting the other it's like you really love your partner and you want them to be happy so yeah. you don't want them to do some droning shitty job that they're gonna hate and yeah when we first moved to St. Helena I just wanted to pour wine and learn about wine and I was making pennies I was making nothing yeah. and Tom was like just you know be happy and learn and yeah, well, that's what I he mean. Supported me. It's not I, like I make yeah. pennies. I, I make decent money. Like I, I mean, I make enough to pay I'm rent not trying to talk and like <laughs> no. It, no. <laughs> what I'm no, trying like, to say is sometimes in partnerships, yeah. one makes more money, and it's like it's not about that. At the I'm end not, of the day, I think some couples I maybe don't care have, more about who makes more money, but like uh, who I the fuck I used cares? to be all stuck in that that gender stereotype. Like I'm a man, I have to make X amount of money and have this kind of job and do this and that. And it's yeah. like. I've just like I'm just over it. I just want to do I just want to do what makes me happy. And if I know I'm a happy person, yeah. then I will be a better partner. You're a better partner. And it's and not like she's yeah. like I mean she she's gonna be making good money for sure. But I'm going. I mean I can still like I said I can still pay my way. So I, yeah. I don't feel like if I were to like oh can I have twenty dollars like that would suck. I would hate that. Like that would be a really shitty place to be. Well, at the end of the day, like it's not like I I think you know, people's worth aren't determined by their paycheck and a hundred percent and musicians know that. And like, yeah. it's, it's what we're, as long as you as a person are like living your truth and putting things out in the world and being productive as far as like, um, you know, whatever that means, we were, it means well, we writing were, and producing music that everyone, everybody, like I was thinking about today cause I was listening to Spotify and I'm looking at all these artists that I'm like listening to for free. And I'm just like, who are these people? And I was like, you know, like they're all providing this, like, I don't want to use the word service, but it's like this, this thing that the world needs. They need artists. They need music. You need something to listen to when you're at work. You need something to listen to when you run. And like, we provide something along those lines. And it's like, yeah, we don't get this cool, fancy paycheck about it, but like, you don't want it to go. Every once in a while, that's all we fall do. the way. So every, every once in a while, we, we get that cool, fancy But like, paycheck. I don't know. I just, the worth of like people in the world, like, I, I just think that like, Every everybody's contributing in this really beautiful way. No matter what your fucking job is, like it doesn't. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I won't get too like. I started to. I started to try to figure out a way out of my corporate, you know, life. Well, you weren't when flourishing I was, there. When I was you super weren't living miserable. your best Yeah, life. but even in Santa Barbara, like three years ago, I was like, yeah. "How can I get out of here?" Like trying to yeah. figure it out. And then I got laid off. So it was just like, it happened for me. I got yeah. kicked out of the nest rather than trying to do it myself. Yeah. And sometimes getting kicked out of the nest is the best way. Totally. Because to, then like, I was like second. unemployed and I was We have that existential dilemma where you're like, okay, do I go search for another job that'll support me, but is I don't give a fuck about? Yeah. Or 
do I try to work a little harder and make this this work on the other end? It's what moved us to Oakland. Like we had a, I'm so glad you guys. We had a crazy incident happen, and everyone's fine, and it's totally fine. But it it moved us back to the Bay Area, and I was so worried about leaving my job because I was like, I have a great boss, I have a great team, I make I made shitty money, but I was like, it's fine, you know, like I like it, and then I got kicked out like we had to move and I had to find another job and I was so worried I wouldn't be able to find something and it's scary and I'm like well what if I find a job and the boss is a dick and then boom I find this job with like an amazing team of like these like badass women that are just like we trust you we know you're worth it like yeah and and I just and everything got better than it was before and so sometimes it's like you go into this scary it rarely gets worse it rarely gets rarely gets worse like for but for a month I was like unemployed like and I it was the same month I turned 30 and I was just I kind of had this existential like okay we just moved to a new city it's more expensive I'm turning 30 for some reason that's that gets in your head and I didn't have a job yeah and I didn't have a job and so I was yeah it's it was a whole month of anxiety and then I found something even better and you kind of have to get like you said kicked out of the nest for something to because what I'm doing like what I'm doing right now I just I just picked up another day teaching lessons and I used to I used to like really dislike teaching lessons you've been loving your students lately a lot they're they're awesome and like this time around I'm I'm way more into teaching I'm way I'm way more grateful for it yeah um I kind of just looked at it as like a paycheck the last time around when I was like 24 when I was doing it, 25. And now I look at it like these kids, like they're like, they're like little versions of what I was. Like, yeah, they're, they're excited interest, about it. Like some of them for sure, their parents make them do music and that, right. that kind of sucks, but you can still find a way to make it fun for them. And like what I realized when I was the first time around because I was dead set on having them improve. And if they weren't improving, that was the only measure I cared about. Yeah. But it's not about necessarily them getting better. I mean, like, of course you want them to get better. But what more... the main thing is, is you want them to enjoy it. You want them yeah. to have fun. You want them to like music. And, and for their interest to stay. You want them to ask questions say, but wait, why is this that way? And, you know, that's, that's the true measure of a lesson. Are they getting something out of it in terms of enjoyment? Are you are you you know stoking the flames of their curiosity? Yeah. There's a lot of things that go into it. They might suck at guitar for seven months, but all it takes oh, is I've one. I've sucked for like five years. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I'm still fucking doing it. I'm all like, it, I'm gonna keep doing this until it sounds but decent. Seriously, like all it yeah. takes is like maybe one month where next thing you know, I'm showing them videos. They see, I don't know, Jimi Hendrix for the first time. Uh, And they're just like, oh my God, I never knew guitar could sound like that. And then next thing you know, they're going and picking up their guitar and trying to play like Jimi Hendrix. And then in a month, they get much better than they did in like seven months because they found it. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's ignited in them. So old me would have been like, well, they sucked for six months, so they don't care. And then I would kind of mail it in at that point. I'd just be like, well, if they don't care, I don't care. Like that. And that's just not, that's not the way it is. It's also our job as instructors and private teachers to like inspire them and show them what's going to inspire them. Well, and figure out, because there's a million different ways to play guitar. Um, And you can play it like, 
Hank Williams or Justin Towns Earl, this acoustic thing, you can do this cool electric stuff. Like I've gotten more inspired in guitar recently listening. Cause I've like been playing acoustic guitar for like ah, five, six years. Maybe I think I started when I was like 23, 24. I got my Taylor, my baby Tay, <laughs> not a real Taylor. And, um, and I was just like, okay, I want to play like Justin Towns Earl. I want to play like Hank Williams. I was like, she's trying to do this kind of like, yeah. Americana country like rhythmic finger picking shit I've still yet to learn how to use a pick and um and then like in the last couple years I've been listening to music like Anna Ash or Julia Jacqueline where it's like electric guitar stuff I obviously I've been listening to like electric guitar rock and roll but as far as like a female singer I don't know. I've had a lot of fun recently discovering that type of stuff. And it's made me want to play electric guitar more. And it's made me excited about guitar for the first time in That's years. Awesome. Yeah, I yeah. haven't been excited about guitar because I've just kind of hit a wall like a couple years ago and was like, oh, you know. And then you've been so amazing at like challenging me. Like we'll be, we'll start a new song like The Wait. And you're like, okay, you're going to do these weird like, what are they like? Triads. Pin, like, yeah. yeah, triads. And I'm just like, I don't know these. And the triads. you just make me do them. And then I figure it out. And then That's now like I j- have like more in my repertoire. That's the Japanese mafia, right? Triads. I don't know. I have <laughs> I no know. idea. Um, but anyway, it's, I think it's like every student, like I, I hate to see, anybody start something in any like learning realm whether it be like art piano music and like be put into like a cookie cutter thing yeah uh, because yeah there's something that's going to inspire somebody and it's everybody's different so like yeah. what what inspires one kid about guitar you know Jimi hendrix is not going to mean something to another kid they're going to want to see might think something he's else a dork. Yeah. they're like this guy's they're a like i want to yeah care. i want to play like you know taylor swift which is fine yeah. like that's great she's fucking good like that's fine well i have it's a, just different stuff i have for adult different students too and like i have this yeah. one uh lady named uh preeti p-r-e-e-t-i and she's yeah. obsessed with like ed sheeran she's like my age right yeah, yeah she's like your nice. age and she was like obsessed with ed sheeran but she wanted to play piano so like we went through the book you know for like with a piano book for like uh a piano piano yeah. we went through the book for like you know four or five months like learning theory and stuff and i could tell she kind of hit a wall like she wasn't really yeah, into like that kind of thing and i'm like what do you listen to on the radio like what yeah, what, what do you, you like to yeah. like what music do you actually like listening to? i know you don't like listening to like fucking yankee doodle and like zippy doodah and all this shit that we're that learning shit in the book no yeah. one wants to fucking play that like can they just update like exactly that's it, your next fucking billion dollar idea just like write a music book that's just like yeah. shit that people cool want to play yeah not yankee doodle just beatles songs dude like i started googling beatles like, songs on their guitar and i'm like oh all of these are easier than i thought yeah you know anyway so sorry. she she wanted to learn how to play this song perfect by ed sheeran which is just a classic like one six four five uh chord progression which is you know like it's it's basically a 50s tune yeah it's basically been written a million times and ed sheeran like repurposed it and it's well, a beautiful like, it's a beautiful uh, song but it just like, like his other one that's basically let's get it on um yeah it like that's a one three four five yeah. and there's a one six four five very similar feel yeah. um, i'm not saying he's ripping anybody off oh, he, i'm just saying he's he's, he's he's for sure ripping people he's, off <laughs> He, well, he's revi- like he's revi- he's writing music the way that I sometimes write music, which is I look at a simple chord progression, like a Shirelle song or a Beatles song, and I'm like, okay, I can because I don't know music theory, so I'm like, what what chords can I play in this song? What chords am I allowed to play? Because it's not instinctual to me, so I'll just be like, oh, I can play A minor and C and G, whatever. Yeah, and uh, and I feel like that's what he does, but he also does definitely. 
make it very similar to the original <laughs> size. Like, mix it up a little, man. Mix it up a little. Like, I don't know. <laughs> hey, I feel he, like an he, asshole. I think he just toured <laughs> for like 300 straight days or something like Dude, that. So mad respect to Ed he's, Sheeran. No, he's, he's doing, what I'm saying is like, he's, he's just like, so, okay. Do you remember when the Red Hot Chili Peppers came out with their double album in like 2007 or whatever? I can't remember. But it had Danny yeah. California on it. So Danny California oh, is fucking Tom Last song. Dance with Mary Jane. And it's also Purple Haze. It's just that first, it's the first three notes and that guitar solo is yeah. fucking Purple Haze. Right. So, and I'm like, dude, this is fucking Purple Haze. That's what I thought when I heard it. But then everyone else was like, it's Last Dance with Mary Jane. I'm like... Oh yeah, it's that no, the too. Chords but for, are, the chords are the chords and the feel are exactly Last yeah. Dance with Mary Jane, and so that came out. And Tom Petty's people immediately sue the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Tom Petty goes, "Wait, wait, 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 what's going on?" And they're like, "Oh, they ripped off your song. This is your song." And he listened to it, and he's like, "Yeah, and a lot of." I think his quote was, "A lot of rock and roll sounds the same." And Tom Petty like called off the he lawsuit. Was he was like, "We're not." He's like, "We're not fucking suing them." Like a lot of rock and roll is the same fucking. He chords. also he also spared uh, Sam Smith too. Oh, for it won't back down or uh, uh, it's uh, won't back down or uh, fuck. What is it? Fuck, fuck, what song is it? It's, it's yeah. I think it's won't back down. Stay with me because I won't stay back with down. Me. Yeah, it's won't yeah. back down. Won't it's the same fucking down. song. No, I won't back I down. I think I think with that one he did something more like I want to. He he's <sighs> like it's all good, but we'll just split it. Is basically. I think what, that's what happened. I, I think yeah. basically Tom Petty. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, internet. Oh, they but, will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he spared Sam Smith and was like, "Hey, I could take but, the whole song, but yeah. I'm not going to." But he's right. Like a lot of rock and roll sounds the same. Like I get pissed when I see these like lawsuits come up, and it's like the some of them are absurd. And this has been my argument forever about why we should have professional it's like, juries. This is music theory. Like it's, the, it's it's this is how a song the, is written. You can't just like be like one four five is my fucking song, and no one else gets to write that way. It, no one else gets to use it. It's like, yeah, no, it's well, about the melody and it's also about sampling. So like they said that like this Clave's part was taken from that Marvin Gaye song. Blur, the Blurred Lines one? Uh, yeah. So they said, right. oh, you stole this Clave's part. It's the same. You've sampled it. And it's just like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Is it the I, I think I'm, getting, I think the I'm, I think I'm conflating ones? the story with um, the Rolling Stones and they sued the fuck out of, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, give me, oh was it my give me god shelter? what the hell is the name of that song um, Bittersweet Symphony oh. they own that song because he put a sample of a like well you can't do that yeah but it's such a minute detail the song it's like a percussion piece oh okay I was thinking like when you think of like a hip hop sample like you're taking like you know mm, yeah like yeah. uh bill withers but you can and then do you're, that but, for but a, you gotta ask right yeah like, well i think part of it is asking i think there's also some kind of rule that vanilla ice got away with for the dun 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 and there's an extra one so he got away with it so stupid sorry that's there's certain things like that this is all gray area because now i'm like pissed off about but my whole point is it's not but i'm like all rock and roll is the same my whole point is it's it's case by case because yeah, it's totally it, case comes, by case. it yeah. comes down to a jury, a jury of people who don't know anything about music. Well, I mean, we can't get into the, our whole system, but like, no, jury, that's what, juries are ridiculous. But this is <laughs> what, just, this is what I was trying to say yeah. this whole time is that there should be professional, semi-professional juries or at least juries specific that types have of to do with the evidence involved. Like if you are, um, 
you know, doing a music case like Blurred Lines. It should be people It should like be 12 us. musicians yeah. in, the, in the stands. I agree. And recently, my old boss's boss... should be a bunch of boss, dorks who don't know anything about music. My old boss's boss um, was on a jury and she went all the way through with it and then she told us all about it after because, you know, you can't talk about it. So she told us about it after and it was a super intense medical like malpractice case and she was like we had to study she's like as a jury we had to like study all these terms that they kept using and the like lawyers are throwing around these terms she's like we don't know what's going on a lot of the time so we anyway it it just I was sitting there thinking like you guys shouldn't have been the people deciding whether this doctor was negligent or not because it should have been people that know a little doctors. bit about medicine. It should have been doctors. Right? Other doctors or like people I mean, that have a medical has to, background. Everyone right? has to do jury duty, right? So it's like, yeah. why not, if it's a case about medical malpractice, why not have, you know, a bunch of... Well, but you can't select a jury. It's you can't, stupid. you absolutely... I mean, you can, but they, like... No, they literally select like hand- the jury yeah. from the pool. They're like, yeah. we like you because you look dumb. We like you yeah. because you don't know... Like, we like a you because you look like the person we're trying to get innocent and you're going like, to empathize yeah. with them. Oh, literally. dude, if you read the... If you read the, about... It's gaming. It's oh, just Helter gaming. Skelter, yeah. he talks all about... The jury selection in the Manson case was huge because they were like, they didn't want any people with teenage daughters that might sympathize with the girls that did yeah. the Manson killings. They're like, we can't have, you know, they, anyway, it's let's, yeah, let's just move on. <laughs> anyway, let's, uh, I can't get into it. So let's get into what we're talking about today. Yeah. Um, we have a rock and roll review for the yes. first time in a long time. I can't even remember the last band we did. Uh, we did, uh, he's my brother. She's my was sister. Was that the last one? I think that was so. in St. Helena. That was, Oh no, we did stone foxes. Yeah, yeah that was in Concord. Foxes. Okay. Yeah. That was like, over a month ago, so well over a month ago. I mean, like the, the rewinds are really ago. fun, and then we've had some really fun guests, and we're gonna have more of those. So yeah, I'm we about actually that, have a few people in the works that I'm super stoked I'm about. I'm really excited so. about. It. Yeah. Um, but for this one, we're gonna do AA Bondi, who uh, just released a new album, probably I think in April or so, something yeah, like that. Yeah, this year, 2019. Um, Enderness, and it's a very different feel from the rest of his music. But he hadn't come out with an album for eight years. Yeah, he's a he's one of these cool artists that has just been quietly making music for like over twenty years. Yeah, and in nineteen ninety nine, he was being produced by uh, Dave Grohl. Oh, okay. So I know that. Okay, so Verbana, his band. Right. So we'll start at the beginning. So August, like the month we're in right now, but with an E at the end, August. I think it's August. Um, Arthur Bondi, so A.A. Bondi. It sounds like a very Southern name. <laughs> well, he's born in, born in Louisiana and then raised in, I think, Alabama. Um, and he, they say, I had a hard time finding out his timeline, but he joins a, or he starts the band Verbana in, I, I saw the early 90s. Yeah, so I thought it was 99, but I think that's when he kind of broke when through. When it broke with and, that um, band. Like, they were probably working Grohl for a long time. Dave Grohl produced their, like, major label. I don't know if they were a major label, but their major debut, whatever it was. What kind of music were they? They were, like, 90s alternative. Right. Yeah. You can get a little of that. You can find them. They're, they're, I think they're, I'm pretty right. sure they're on Spotify, even. But when he breaks solo, I listen to some of his songs, and I get, like, a... 
late 90s. You know, like the really good songwriters of the 90s. Um, I don't want to come up with any like really cheesy examples, but there's there's some like really good music that was happening in the 90s. And like he kind of he kind of has that vibe in a way. I don't I don't want to say Wallflowers, but I'm going to say Wallflowers because like some some of the. Like I was obsessed with bringing down the horses, a great record, and um, like Sixth they Avenue. They're such an underrated Dude, band for they're like amazing. a band that just kind of like, you know, was Bob Dylan's son, and, and they an had like a one band. hit, two hit wonder type of thing. That whole plus album is good. He has um, it's great songwriting, obviously. Um, he has the same eyes as Robbie Robertson. So he's got blue eyes and black <laughs> hair. Yeah, um, <laughs> Jacob Dylan. I I remember I had that cassette. Um, in the 90s I had a couple cassettes who's his mom I also had TLC um, it's not it's a good mm, trivia question I don't know I, mean, I don't I literally know. don't know but I know that yeah Bob has a couple kids um, and I think maybe Sarah's his mom I know Sarah had a couple kids with Bob, but anyway. Um, but yeah, so so A.A. Bondi, his solo stuff kind of gets that like post-grunge, pre-alternative, like folky, early 2000s um, vibe to it. Um, but yeah. I, I, I So I first heard A.A. Bondi on NPR. Um, really? In Santa Barbara. There was like, uh, you know, a radio, NPR sometimes plays like random artists. I actually heard the Alabama Shakes from, or sorry, Alabama Shakes. They don't have a yeah. the in front no, of them. No, it's, I mean. They're like the radio the radio keys. keys. Yeah, it's Ma- Alabama Mom Shakes. has told me that she hears stuff on NPR. And, and I'm like, oh, I love that act. Uh, that's what sorry, I, that's where I heard and, um, Gary Clark Jr., Alabama Shakes. Well, they do the Tiny Desk concert where I've found a lot of great artists. Um, yeah, the Tiny Desk is, is great for sure. But this was me driving around. And like I heard... Uh, I can I can uh I can see the pines, pines are, are dancing. dancing. Yeah. And that song just blew me away. I was like I loved his voice. I loved the cadence of the song. This is a hammer. This is a- yeah. That song is very specific for me. I used to uh listen to I think I was still listening to Pandora. This is like 20 I want to say like 2013 I graduated college and I started working at this weird like a huge like art gallery in San Francisco and I was alone in the evenings. We were open until 10. So I would just sit in there alone and it's this big cement building with all these like creepy kind of ghostly paintings everywhere. Yeah. And I would listen to, I think I was listening to like, well, he has a creepy ghostly. I was listening to some type of Pandora that would bring him up a lot. And that song specifically would come up. Um, and I would just kind of like, anyway, that was that was the whole vibe. So that song specifically kind of takes me back to this kind of like big cement empty room Creepy. with like these sort of like uh, black and white photographs everywhere. And like, so anyway, when I when I talked specific. to them, it was like a really interesting conversation with his management. Yeah. They're very they're very lax and like very like chill. Yeah. And um, they were just like, yeah, man, we'd like you to play the new record. And I was like, oh, can we play some of the old stuff? And they're like, no, we just want you to play the new stuff. But you know what? I think we're going to play some of the old stuff. Because yeah. if they if they want to really like have us take down the podcast, like, well, we won't take down the podcast. We'll just like, we'll, the music we'll edit the songs well, out. But like, I yeah. want people to get a well-rounded view of his career because exactly. his career arc is so incredible. Well, every band that we showcase, um, y- you know, they're, they're, a little underground they're not as big as they should be like our whole kind of point is like hey you should be listening to this band and they probably a lot of these bands have been around for a while and they have this cool sort of like um uh 
I don't want to. I mean, he's basically like, he's basically had three careers. If you really break it down, he was in yeah. like an early or I'm sorry, a late mid '90s alternative band. Then he started out as AA Bondy. Yeah. And he had this weird, like, slithering, like, blues, haunting, creepy sound. Yeah. And then eight years go by, he completely falls off the face of the map. We yeah. were actually about to do a podcast about trying to find out where A.A. Bondi well, was. Well, we talk about it. I know you've talked the about it The same way that Christopher before. Denny, like, yeah. fell off the map. We like, A.A. Bondi you know, fell off I the map. I bet we talked about it. I was going to say, we've talked about A.A. Bondi before as somebody that falls off the map. But yeah, just to close, like when we always ask for permission to play songs and like when someone's like, you can play just the new record, it's like, okay, like that's like saying, hey, I want to show you um, Tom Petty, but I can only show you his most recent album. And it's like, fuck that. Like you have to, like you have to hear like any artist that you look at, like there is a timeline to it and there's like a growth. And like, I just think you should look at, you should look at the beginning, the middle and the end to get a full full history of it because to get to to get to be you know like you have to start i i, I just think to jump to where he is now like i love the new record and we're gonna play some of it but yeah. i think we have to play and to be true to our uh discovery of him too because like yeah. our discovery of him was before this record I like came to, out whenever i show people artists that i've found yeah i like to show them the first song that got me that hooked you, on yeah them. that got you hooked on because him. it's like this is what I experienced that made yeah. me like them. You heard it and you were like, and I want you to this? have that experience. So love me tenderly. Like what if by the Fleece Brothers? <laughs> love me tenderly. The first yeah. song I heard by the Fleece Brothers. Oh, by the oh, way, yeah. interesting Fleece Brothers connection with A.A. Bondi. From what really? I hear. Oh, okay. From what I hear, I used to be part of a Felice Brothers like uh, Facebook group. Cute. And they would like you know just talk on it about random stuff. And they started talking about A.A. Bondi one day about his new release. From what I saw on the Facebook group, I could be completely off base here. And okay. if I'm completely off base, I apologize. His, But we've found that A.A. Bondi is an incredibly private person. Yeah, it, and there's like very few interviews. If I, I didn't even find one when I was looking initially. But what I hear is that he's married to a Felice sister. So I hear that he is... If that's true, they have kept that an amazing secret. So I hear that he went on tour with them for a while and like opened shows for them for a long time. Is the Felice sister a musician or no? Um, I don't think so. They're just a huge family then. Jesus Christ. Well, well, James and Ian are half brothers. Uh, Oh, gotcha. Jimmy's the youngest one and um, Simon and Ian are full brothers and James and and Ian are half brothers. But anyway, I, I, I'm pretty sure he's in-laws with them. Fairly certain. Okay. From what I heard on this Facebook group. Yeah. It seemed, and, like, it seemed yeah. like they knew it. Like it was like common knowledge. Like, yeah. oh yeah. But, um, how cool. I remembered asking them like, like I was, to, I was working on a podcast, like researching on a podcast, trying to find a Bondi the mm-hmm. same way that we like kind of researched Christopher Denny when he was gone. It was really And hard, then, yeah he just started like coming out with information. Like it's almost like you, we let you like summoned. Him. I don't want to give ourselves any credit at all, but it's, it's just kind of ironic that you really wanted to do a Bondi based on his most recent record, which came out before 2019. His most recent record came out in 2011. Yeah. And you were like, we have to talk about this guy. We have to talk about this guy. And it's always, it's hard. It's just like, he's my brother. She's my sister. It's or Christopher Denny. It's hard to talk about a, a group that 
doesn't have anything going on like in the works like there it's like this could be their yeah. last record we don't know we don't know what they're doing they're not touring they're off the fucking grid um they might not be a band anymore and yeah. well it also happened with the deslons we're like they might not be a band anymore and then they dropped a track on spotify and we were like oh my god like they're back with keen uh twain twain not keen yeah sorry. i listened to it today it's it's amazing yeah keen, twain. twain's got a lot of heart so he's his so voice before is we get great. much further let's go ahead and play um i can see the pines are dancing by a. a bondi yeah and this is off uh which which album is i believe it's off uh 2009's when the devil's loose okay nice yeah that's yeah. my favorite record the wolf on the front we have it uh we actually have it framed in our rehearsal studio yes for inspiration and if you know a bondi and his people are listening to this no, I mean any disrespect by you know only playing the new stuff or not only playing the new stuff. Rather, we're gonna do a we, timeline. We we yeah. we're gonna play that for sure. We just want like a well-rounded yeah view of the progression. This that, comes from a musician's yeah. perspective of like we wanna we wanna tell a story. Yeah, and we wanna tell the story correctly. Correctly, yeah. yeah. So here we go. <laughs> I am a fire and I must burn too 
recording right when you're like, I know. I know. <laughs> anyway, um, so that was, it, it, we actually skipped an album. So American Hearts, I think, was the, the first album he came out with, right? Yeah, so American Hearts um, came out. So he was in the rock that band. Had, that's almost like very folky. It's almost like more Dylan-esque, like, um, like folk yeah, like so guitar, he has that finger picking. Acoustic. He has a Vices song on there. Um, That's that, a great song. Yeah, and it, it's so the guitar playing almost. I was listening to it when I was driving Grizzly Peak today, and it kind of reminds me of Mississippi John Hurt, where he's doing rhythmic stuff, but he's also doing lead lines within yeah. that. And then he does this like almost like Odetta, like what? Like he like stops in the middle of his. Uh, he like he anyway. He's doing all the percussion along with like lead lines and acoustic like percussive acoustic guitar and he's hitting the guitar to make it percussive yeah he does a lot of that kind of stuff i can't remember but um (laughs) the name of the song um but anyway so yeah so he is in the band it's verbena it's vice rag vice rag is the song um, i was talking about if i mean there's a lot of great ones like black rain's great rapture's great um lover's waltz is really great is this song it's like there something there you. Killed myself when I was young was really is really good. Oh, yes. It's almost like a little drummer boy, like rap pa pum pum. Like it picks up the whole time, and it has like this weird like Snoopy Red Baron like kind of feel oh, to it in the it. end. Yeah, but it's like a really dark song. It's about like committing suicide and like being a ghost. So that's so that's so he yeah so he's in Verbena. Um, Verbena. For, but it's B-E-N-A. Oh, that was B-E-N-A. Oh. Uh, I could be wrong. Um, they broke up in 2003. And so he uh, starts writing over. American Hearts after 2003. This is like, yeah, so he's been in this like alternative rock band that, you know, never really. Yeah, it's for Bana for the record. A. I'm sorry. I wrote it wrong. Um, Unless, wait, no, this might verb- not be someone else. Hold up. <laughs> All right, never mind. Here, go keep going. Anyhow, um, so he starts writing after 2003. They break up. He starts writing the solo songs, and like honestly, I'm sure he was writing these songs before, um, for the record American Hearts, which is yeah, his first you're right, solo. I'm wrong. Verbena, Verbena. Yeah. Okay, I I still don't really know what that means, but um, so 2007 is when American Hearts comes out, and it's it's pretty folky acoustic. Like I said, it's very percussive. Um, I I feel like I kind of default to Bob Dylan when I'm talking about great lyricism combined with like folk guitar. Yeah. Um, but think of maybe like a Bob Dylan, but he's on like a little bit of Xanax and he has a way better voice. <laughs> I said it. I'm sorry. I love. I, I love. That's coming a, from. I love a. Bob a. Dylan, but this, this yeah, A. Bondy's a little. He's gonna be a little. Uh, less uh high energy like a little slower on stuff and uh more thoughtful and he's got a uh, a really gorgeous uh voice maybe as not well. more thoughtful than bob dylan but definitely what did i mean i meant just sort of taking his time yeah like i think of like early bob dylan he's like trying to cram and uh, uh, people are going to crucify me but i i'm a huge bob dylan fan i love him to death and that's why i feel like i can say this but he crams a lot of lyrics into a lot of space yeah. or in a small into space. a little bit of space he'll yeah. have seven verses in one song and you're like okay um but yeah and and i he's just getting it out in his own way and i'm not trying to compare but yeah a bondy's a little more um just I don't know, like minimalist, a slower, a little more yeah, minimal, slow minimalistic. storytelling, and and that last last incredible, song, incredible, incredible lyricist. lyricist, one yeah. of the best out there. Um, but yeah, um, that was off of uh, 
So 2009's When, when the, the Devils, Devils Was. So that was 10 and, years ago. Yeah, and that's such a good album. Like, yeah. front to back, that's a great album. American Hearts is probably my second favorite of his. Yeah, 2007. Believers is great, too, and we're yeah, going to play... Yeah, Believers is his third record, um, 2011. I think we should actually just play something off of American Hearts really quick. We just listened to one song, but um, since uh, since we have I'm a lot in. of time we're trying to keep it down to an hour but since we have a lot of time we might as well just play a song off american hearts just so we can again get that whole you know panoramic view of his career um let's go really quick to american hearts um so the album i was just looking at it um there's a reason was my favorite but that might be a little long it's a little long yeah so yeah let's i'm, I'm gonna play lover's more. waltz yeah lover's waltz good. is a really good one so this that is lover's good. waltz off of uh, american hearts 2007 
Yeah, there's some incredible lyrics in that in that song. Um, and I love how he does this beginning to end. Um, it starts with, do you want to dance? And then, will you marry me? And then, um, your shipwreck eyes, they sing to me across a diamond sea over our heads. And then I'll hang for you, you'll hang for me. And there's, it's like this this, this it's love such story. It's dark from, imagery. There, he always it's has a like, dark love story, but it's beginning yeah. to end, which I love. Yeah. Like I love how one verse can be like, oh, we've just met and we're dancing and then we're we're committing and it's it's this really cool way of like uh compressing time into a song which is just incredible to me i I love that his lyrics have always been so haunting to me like yeah his his sound and his lyrics his voice the whole package together yeah it's such a it's the same way that the felice brothers are kind of haunting at least, for me, the, at least old I think of brothers, like the Sully Dead Brothers. Too. Yeah, Sully Dead like, Brothers. Where yeah. you listen to them, and it's just yeah, you get this kind of like, um, yeah. But yeah, a so so a Bondi, aka Scott Bondi, aka August, August Arthur, Arthur Bondi. Bondi. I sent. Um, they asked if I wanted to send a questionnaire, and I did. I sent like ten questions. Yeah. And they just kind of ghosted, ghosted me. <laughs> oh, can I say one? I found one kind of funky article um, online from Fat Possum Records, and it was. Did you? That's read it? that's his record label. It was yeah. So that's his record label, and um, it's like whoever wrote it is a. Uh, fantastic writer but they start off and they're like no one knows how Gladys won the bingo tournament and it's talking about this woman named Gladys winning a bingo tournament and her prize for winning the bingo tournament is two um, vinyl records and one of them is Kiss and one of them is uh, Cruising by the Village People and she decides that she's going to give the Kiss album to like a neighbor kid because shit looks scary to her and she's like, I don't know what to do with this. And this is, again, this is like this weird essay on the Fat Possum Records uh, website about A.A. Bondi. But anyway, so she decides to give the Kiss record to the neighbor kid that like was kind of a ne'er-do-well. reading this. Ne'er-do-well yeah. anyway. And she's like, oh, these guys are crazy looking and, and here you go. And then she decides to send the Village People record to her grandson who turns out to be A.A. Bondi. And they say something like, thank God she didn't send him the Kiss record, otherwise he'd be playing music um, that wasn't you know, meant to be his, or like wasn't his own, or wasn't from the heart, or something like that. Village people, though. No, but I think that's so funny. Yeah, cruising by the village people. Anyway, I... I've never heard that song. No, it's a record, apparently. Uh, is it a song, or... or I mean, it's so it is a record, out- but is it also a song? Like, what is on that record? Let's look it up. Let's look okay, it up. Okay, let's look it up. Cruising by the Village People. <laughs> Learn something new every day, you know? Where is this? Yeah, Cruising is the third studio album by the American disco group Village People. YMCA is the lead one. So Dude, that kind of goes... Like, you know what, though? Oh, okay. I'm a cruiser. In so a f- are, were they for sure gay or was so that just check a- it out I'm just gonna say like a few years ago I like rediscovered the Bee Gees as an adult and like all Not I knew a all years I knew, ago no, no, no. probably like five years okay ago. so I, like, I was like okay I know staying alive and like I rediscovered them as like songwriters and like listened to the records and was like oh I fucking love the Bee Gees through and through yeah and I feel like we have like we have these impressions of bands by their hits and maybe the village people have some dope shit I don't know or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they have some like thoughtful songwriting. Young man, dude, whatever. They had a great stage thing. Dude, anyway. Bonnie's all pissed listening to this. He's, he's like, like How I love the freaking village people. Dude. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyhow, um, so that was, yeah, that was one of the hilarious uh, essays I read on his uh, record label. That's just the kind of guy he is, though. He's like a very sardonic, like, weird, weird cat. But that's a little whimsical, too, and kind of like silly and, and and the other thing about him is is like he really values his privacy like more than the average artist i think i'm pretty sure from the research that i did trying to find him when he was missing let's quote missing he's not missing you know right. what I mean? um is he's living in los angeles he the only thing he had was um what's it called it's like that that website that people have uh, that's like pic- only pictures and stuff, not Instagram, but the other one. I don't oh, know. Damn it, what's it called? Anyway, um, so he was like posting pictures of himself there. I think he was like surfing maybe. Huh. But the interesting thing about his new record is his house burned down the day after yes. it was recorded. So he would have lost everything. Everything. He would have lost the entire Sorry, new his album. house burned down the day after. After, After it was done, it was pressed. done. Done. Everything was done. Wow. It was this in the is cloud. A it was in record. the cloud at that point. It was in. It was Thank in God the, for the, cloud. the zeitgeist. Like it was yeah. done by then. In the ether. Yeah. <laughs> well, not the ether. <laughs> it would have been in the ether if right. it had burned down. Yeah. But the his house right now. There's like a really haunting image of him, like in front of like his burnt down house. I'm not really sure how it burned down. Again, there's like well, there's you hear been- these things, but it's really tough to like. So many California wildfires. There's not there's not a lot of information on AA Bond, yeah. so it's like well he's pri- he's very private. Um, so I know that for a fact that his house burned down the day after his record was finished. Yeah, it'd be like if I finished you know the whole Radio Keys record, shipped it out to get it mastered, and my hard drive is here with like the whole album on it. And yeah, and then pff, the house no, burns down. Yeah, the next I can't day. even think about it. Yeah. But. Yeah. Incredible. Like, just an incredible, incredible well, and story. It's, it's just incredible that it took him eight years to get that record out. And I don't think he was... I'm not day certain after. he was making music. I, I think he was just, like, Well, but chilling. I mean... What I mean is he wasn't making... He wasn't producing a record for eight years, is what I mean. And, like, the day he wraps the record that comes out after all that period of time of not... Of being stagnant is the day that things happen things fall apart well, yeah I, I sent him a questionnaire i got ghosted but i wanted to find out more information on the house fire i, I like that was like one of i i i was uh i was asking the hard-hitting questions yeah i mean that's, that's good. i wanted like, to see what happened i was like dude your house burned down can you elaborate yeah <laughs> like what's going on yeah. yeah but i i mean i think that his new like when he came out with believers i think it was what 2011 he came out with believers. Uh, yeah, twenty eleven, two thousand nine. Sorry, two thousand seven, nine, eleven, and nineteen. I, like, are to about, records, I try yeah. to think about where I was in two thousand eleven. Like I was, I was just graduating City. college. I you know was twenty four years old, something like that. Uh, and um, yeah, twenty three. Yeah, twenty four. Twenty one. And um, it's just crazy to me to think about like all this time since then. It's it's very similar to my story actually. Like I I didn't yeah. really create me. I like I quit my first band when I moved to college. Yeah. And then pretty much 7 months before he released this new album was when I moved back to the Bay Area and we started making music again. So I feel like my life is kind of similarly like keys, parallel. Yeah. I I like I stopped playing music cuz I didn't have, you know, you there my so- I feel like you're my songwriting partner. So it's like yeah, we're when I don't have you partners. there, I mean we didn't stop playing music, but we pretty much like It was always going on, but it was very much in the background of both of our lives. Yeah. And it's fine. Like I was doing college too and traveling and 
We're just doing, yeah, our, own we're other just doing shit. our own thing. I was and playing Ultimate Frisbee, I, yeah, <laughs> working was, in an office. I was still writing songs here and there, and yeah. But yeah, he he was obviously doing things. Like, yeah. I wonder what he was doing though. Like, I think he was surfing a lot. That's I, good. That's what I like to imagine. Well, you have to. I mean, you have to hit your stasis in a way to uh, to write songs. Like, I find like sometimes if I if I want to get a song out, you know, some of those burdens will be anxiety or depression around like money or your life or your happiness. And it's like, you can't, it's, it's, you want to process those feelings through writing songs, but it's also hard to sit and get it out when you're kind of debilitated by anxiety or depression or like, or just like feeling like, what am I doing with my life? Kind of shit, like existential dread or whatever. Like there, so, so maybe, you know, if he was kind of getting himself together in a way that, he maybe took a break and I, I have no idea. We're just speculating. But if I really respect like, like that he came back and that he was able to go, okay, I've processed some things and like, here's, here's this record. And it's, it's also what's so fun about the new record that we're going to play is it's like, I feel like we've played a little bit of a timeline or we're playing a little bit of like, okay, here's what was going on 10, 12 yeah. years ago. And now here's what he came out with today. And he just, he just, has fun with it and it's a, a little way. bit more yeah. um, MIDI effects driven, yeah. keyboard driven. Yeah. Um, it's even more minimalist. Soundscape is yeah, the first soundscape, word. Soundscape, yeah. I was more... listening to it and Tom came home and he was like, what is this like soundscape thing that you're listening to? And I was like, yeah, that because it was like a setup for a song and it was just like, it, it builds and he takes his time. Like there's no impatience in this record. It's all yeah. like taking its time to unfold stories. Yeah. Um, that was one of my takeaways when I the first. The thing about this new yeah. record is you're not going to find anyone that sounds like this. No, like it's a very like he's he's always been in like intensely unique artist in in the in the sense that you're not going to find anyone who sounds like a a Bondi. No, but like this new record is especially well, like. With, I mean, I don't want to get off unique. off base, but like when the Devil's Loose came out in 2009, and like. That's probably my Nothing. favorite song by his, by the way. When the devil's sorry, loose. but oh, sorry, yeah, the, the album, the album too. Um, yeah. That's probably the Delia. Don't go around when the devil's loose. Um, but the that whole record, I felt like, was a little before its time too. Yeah. Not that he's like predecessing or like being a Picasso, where he's like kind of coming up with shit before other people do it. But like he's just doing his own thing. Yeah. In whatever time he's period not he's influenced in. by other people. Yeah, he's just doing his own thing in whatever, and that's like the most honest type of songwriter. I feel so like I want to play be. "When the Devil's Loose" because that's my favorite song by it's him. It's my favorite song. Oh, cool! So it's our favorite song. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to be like it's mine. I just meant to well, agree I'm, with you. <laughs> well, am I? I th- I threw him some bread and bought the vinyl. So what did you do? Did you? Yeah. Okay. I bought the freaking "When well, the Devil's Loose." Well, you bought loose. the vinyl, so I didn't have to buy the vinyl. But okay, okay, I should. Okay. I should. I know our record player has been broken for like a year, so it's a kind of a sore subject yeah so um, we keep fixing it and then it dies again anyway it's 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 from the it's from the 40s it's our grandparents record player so we keep tom keeps being like you got that new one we did and that was a piece of shit from amazon i bought it on a whim i was like that one's broken too uh it started slowing down oh so everything just sounds like the devil everything sounds like like (laughs) leon bridge is like (laughs) and so anyway i hate it um, but I was so fed up about our old record player not working, but Tom is such a badass and like, he's like, it's a grounding issue. It's like buzzing. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's our grandma and grandpa's like turntable and receiver and it's 
it's a cool fucking machine. It was like the height of technology at the time and it's beautiful and we want to get it to work so bad and it has mm. worked. So we have like glimmers of hope where, where we like put a record on like March came over the other night and we poured some wine and Tom was like, Hey, I fixed a record player and he put on a record and it was fucking perfect. Nice. And we were all like, Oh, like, like you know, basking in the globe, yeah. like this like beautiful, like 1940s Nothing machine, like working. Yeah. And we were just like, you know, just enjoying it. We had like low lighting and it was like, this is great. And then the next, Day I went to turn it on and it was like zzz, like it was doing this crazy noise and stuff. Anyway, it's a whole thing. But so yeah, that's let's my play, saga uh, of vinyls. Yeah. Let's play "When the Devil's Loose" off of the 2009 record. When the devil's when the loose. Devil's loose. <laughs> <laughs> do 
feel like I've talked about this on the podcast, but I might not have. But there, you know, like how there's uh, certain folk songs and blues songs that have uh, ongoing themes and characters, like John Henry was a steel driving man. Oh, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. So Delia is one of those. Uh, the name Delia comes up in a lot of those uh, uh, songs. Dude, when you, when you text me Delia... I was like, are you trying to say like Chris D'Elia, the You're comedian? You're like, what <laughs> fucking song <laughs> are, you are you talking about? about? And, I, and I, I feel bad because I didn't research it as much as I, I thought her name. I thought it was Odelia, but then I guess he says O like an exclamation. So the first the first song that I fell in love with, uh, Delia, Delia uh, is a song by Bob Dylan, and it's one of his kind of later, like I think it's like 90s tunes that he does. Um, and then, uh, let's see, uh, Johnny Cash does a song about Delia. Um I feel like these are all white guys and oh, I want to like... So Delia Green uh, was a 14-year-old... This is Wikipedia, and I apologize if this is wrong, oh, but Delia I'm just reading Green. Wikipedia. Delia Green uh, was a 14-year-old African-American murder victim who's been identified as the likely inspiration for several well-known traditional American songs, usually known by the title Delia or Delia's Gone. Um, and I'll name some of the songs. What happened to her? Uh, she, uh, let's see. Um, according what? to reports, so uh, her timeline is 1886 to 1900, so 14. Oh, wow. So yeah, so it's kind of. She's um, 100 years so old. So the, the reports was that uh, in Georgia she was shot and killed um, by 15 year old Mose or Moses on Christmas Day, 1900, in Savannah, Georgia, after an argument. Um, Houston had been involved in a sexual relationship with her. The shooting took place at the home of Willie West. Now we're getting a little weird. Uh, who chased down Houston after the shooting and turned him over to the city police. Uh, Green's murder, murder and trial uh, in the spring of 1901 were reported in the Savannah Morning News. Um, although Houston confessed to the murder at the time, he claimed the shooting was accidental and he uh, was convicted and sentenced to life in prison. Okay. Um, and Suck after it, serving dude. 12 years, he was paroled. That, that's pretty typical back then. They're like, you've done your time. You're good. Well, I, um, I do like the idea of rehabilitation. I do too. No, like, that's the point. Right now, we just um, freaking throw people in jail and then we then we they just rot. let them rot. Yeah. Um, I mean, depending on the crime, obviously. But So, uh, let's see. Uh, so, in 1928, folklorist Robert Winslow Gordon reported uh, that he traced the song back to the murder in Savannah. Um and I'm trying to find uh Well, this goes hand in hand with his lyrics. It's like, Odelia, don't go around with the devils. And the whole song is about just okay, so the, tragedy the, the and just first, fucked up shit. Yeah, so the first yeah. version of the song, Blake Alfonso Higgs, Delia's Gone. Second version, Blind Willie McTell, uh, Delia. Um, then Bob Dylan, Josh White, Pete Seeger. Jack White? Um, no, uh, sorry, Josh, Jack, White, Josh White. David Romberg, oh. Bob Dylan, Pete Seeger, Harry Belafonte. Okay. Uh, Burl Damn. Ives. I love Burl Ives. He does that Grass is Green song. Um, anyway, uh, Johnny Cash, um, Waylon Jennings. Um, anyway, so I, I, sorry. I, I think we get it. Yeah. Sorry I, think, I didn't research yeah, that I before, yeah. but I, I knew because I love that Delia song by Bob Dylan. I'd looked at that before and then I heard this song and, and what's great about this song is he's saying like, uh, someone drowned in the lake. He's saying like, some like the lyrics yeah. in the A.A. Bondi song. He's saying all these terrible things are happening around town and like, People are calling the police and all these things, but it's like the de George, when he says "Don't come around when the devil's loose," he's almost talking about like not like a specific uh, sentient like being being around, but it's like oh, bad things are happening. Yeah, 
in the and that's town. That's what happened to Delia. Yeah. Yeah. Bad and it's happen, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I just I, I think that's really fascinating, and you can yeah, dive. I didn't you know. Can dive I didn't know there was like the, I didn't know there was a, a whole background. I, I only know because it's one of my favorite Bob Dylan songs, and it's and it's really great kind of creepy lyricism uh, about Delia being a yeah. Anyway. Uh, so anyway, we're gonna we're gonna close out the podcast with one of the songs, but we're just gonna pretty much wrap this up. We have to keep it short today because we're trying to go see Tom uh, yeah, and our, the Unoriginals play. Our bass player is doing a '90s theme. Is that all he is to you, Emily? Our ba- <laughs> Trying to be, trying to be clear um, on the podcast. Uh, sorry, the love of my life. Hey, on on a on a on a on a Tom note, um, we celebrated ten years together this month. Do you know that? I did. We got together in August. You guys 2009. definitely let us know in in rehearsal. Did we? Oh yeah. We, well, <laughs> well, on our anniversary of our first kiss, uh, which Tom remembers, I don't remember. But anyway, because um, you were blacked out drunk. No, I no. just <laughs> did. I just didn't remember the. No, I didn't remember. It was after my birthday party. I didn't remember the date. Oh. He was like, it was August fourteenth, and I was like, yeah, I couldn't have told you that. Just, just the date. He knew it, and I didn't know it. So anyway, so that night we did rehearsal with Radio Aww. Keys, and I was like, this is our big anniversary. It's like our ten year anniversary. Um, but so 10 yeah, year. no, it's it's exciting. He's my partner, and it, yeah. it feels good to have a partner like that definitely and yeah so anyway um and a and a band member i've been explaining to my new i just started a new job and i'm explaining to them like oh yeah i'm in a band with my brother and my husband and you know it's it's uh and all of our boyfriend alante yeah i know it's a weird and it's I'm a like, weird and relationship i, I, I usually say my favorite member alante because that that's <laughs> true most of the time in the band realm um alante and i just can kind of get each other and be peacekeepers but um but yeah and and it's just yeah so it's a whole thing but uh, well i was talking to alante i was like we kind of all check each other in the band there's like checks and balances it's like i feel like you um check tommy tommy checks alante alante checks me and i kind of check you (laughs) like there's like a four-way like there's like a four-way checking system and if we go outside of our checking then people get aggravated then people get aggravated It's like, hey, you're not supposed this to check me. This is a fucking pecking Wait order. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> but honestly, I mean, we'll, we'll have like well, little... Well, it's a family. It's all a f- we do is have like little spats. It's never like anything serious. And if it is, we usually are quick to well, apologize we, and like feel dumb. We call it a family band because of obviously our bloodline and like Tom and I are married. But like Elante is part of our family now too in a very real way to yeah. the point where we can bicker like family. And then you know how with family you can just bicker and then shut it down and then it's over? Like yeah. that's, that's a really, I don't know. I feel like we've, the four of us have reached this point where we're, we're, we're bloodline. The like thing is, is like the reason why we bicker is just because we all care. Like we all yeah. care so much. It's yeah. just like, we've anytime, all practiced with people that don't care and they're yeah. just like, ah, oh, fuck it, whatever. Like, yeah. I mean, the reason we bicker is because we care. Like Tom and I were bickering today a little bit via text about, oh, I the, heard. Uh, <laughs> about the, um, the flyer for our show, which this is, you know, goes hand in hand with our news. We always do radio keys news at the end. Right. We have our album release show set. And so he made well, the flyer, which is a beautiful yeah. flyer. I don't think it's an ugly flyer. I didn't like oh, mean to be like he that. He worked at all. on it for hours and but it's hours like, and days it's and hours. Like right, it's like it's a normal flyer, you know, with all the names of the band and everything. And then like right under our name, there's like little font that was like album release show. And I was like, dude, this is our album release show. So it's I'll gotta play, be like I'll play Devil's Advocate for a second. All right. Um That's fair. That's he fair. he worked on that flyer like crazy for this show and had it kind of done. Yeah. 
and then we made it our album release. So he was trying to like fandangle well, we, that in there. He might have there. forgotten, but we've been saying this is going to be our album release for a while. I think yeah, it's even. I, I think it's even. In I've the, been a little on the fence about that because I've just been feeling a little. Uh, obviously, it's set in stone yeah. now, and we're doing it, and that's. Yeah. Like, but I was a little like when we first said that, I was like, "Fuck, is it going to be ready, be ready yeah. by then?" So I don't know. I I felt like it was up in the air. Shit, but, if it's not ready, we'll fuck it. You know, Fuck we'll it. figure it out. We'll have a party. We'll It'll just tell people. We'll, <laughs> we'll be like, yeah, it's we'll done. Like, Check it out. We've been this shit for seven months, so let's celebrate that. Like, albums take longer than you I mean, think we're definitely going to have a giant party when it's done. Yeah. Done, done. Like, yeah. it's almost done. It's getting there. I just tracked a bunch today, and yeah. it's sounding good. Yeah. There are songs it's, that I was out on that I'm all about. I'll show you after... Yeah, we, we, you, you sent over, I was at work. I'm always at work when you send me tracks and I'm like, fuck, now I have to like put my headphones on and try to like dig this track real quick, like in my work vibe where everyone's like, anyway, so I put my headphones on and I like listened to Stumbling and it sounded so good. And I was like, just well, yeah, trying, to, I was Nate, trying to crank it. Yeah. Our boy Nate, uh, killed it from Prairie Sun. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was just vibing off it and I was just like, fuck, I want to listen to this in a room blasting it. Like that's how you want to listen to it. But I was like, kind of like. Anyway, at my desk trying to get the same vibe, but yeah, well, it's not mastered again. yet. But when it is mastered, it'll be even better. Yeah, you know? it's a, it sounds amazing. It has horns. It has a West Grand Brass just killing it on the horns, as we said so before. So let's look at our calendar and just like kind of describe what we're doing. Well, and then... I know that. Um, so I know that our next. Uh, so tomorrow we have a gig, but it's this kind of block party San Ramon thing, and I don't think it this is will a, be out. It is a public event, right? Yeah, but I think the next gig that we're kind of repping and correct me if i'm wrong but we're playing well we are playing lagunitas on september 15th that's a sunday from three to six uh in petaluma and that's free and apparently all my workmates are coming they're really excited because they love beer we had a beer at 4 p.m today in our, in the office they were like hey like <laughs> wait time out sorry i, I was opening up this calendar like, what, yes. what, what are what did you just say i just said september 15th we're playing Lagunitas. okay, okay. yeah i'm yes. bringing up the calendar so we can do all this announcing yeah so we are playing um tomorrow like emily said august thir- 31st and then, and then i'm whatever. playing after that at mike hess brewing yeah okay sorry in, uh, i didn't mean Walnut to creek not repia and then I hate you. Yeah, <laughs> I know you do. It's okay. And then right after that, I'm going to mix another tune with Nate. I think it's going to be Sweet Soul Music or uh, Hey Charles, maybe oh, both. Sweet Soul will be so fun. And then um, that's what that I want to do. Friday, a video for. I have a show at Hot Monk Tavern in Novato. Hope just turn it down. I know. I, just <sighs> just make sure to be on <sighs> level one. But then after that, one. we play the 13th in uh, Santa Rosa. That's what it is. Okay, sorry. At the Flamingo Resort. We play for a... Um, Fleetwood Mac Fleetwood cover Mac band. Cover band. They're supposed Fleetwood, to be really legit. Fleetwood Macrame. Oh. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm going to hop suppo- on stage it's supposed to be a, a... It's supposed to be a... I mean, it's a resort. It's supposed to be a really nice venue. And, and I mean, they're a fairly accomplished cover band. So Yeah? Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a great show. I mean, then, I feel like uh, Fleetwood yeah, Mac a- is having a moment again for some reason and yeah. in the world of millennials, and that's great. And so, and then, and then we're playing at Lagunitas, and that's pretty much it for September. And then in October, um, we have a few shows, but our main thing that I want people to put on the calendar is October 19th in Santa Barbara, we're playing Dargans again. That's our release show October in October 19th in Santa Barbara. We'll do our Santa Barbara C- uh, album release show. And That'll then the following weekend, the 26th, we're going to do the Bay Area album release show. Right. So that's coming up. And we're super stoked to have it. And um, 
I don't know. It, there's been a lot of blood, sweat, and tears put into this album. So much blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, and so much <laughs> embarrassing. Just a lot of angst yeah. and like a lot of <laughs> a lot of just a lot of emotions. Like, well, is this good enough? Are we good enough? Well, like a lot it, of that kind of shit. Like, you know? and we can't get too into it. But like, it's not just about oh, this is a record that we spent you know two months recording. It's this is a record that we spent years writing yeah. and years working on with Tom and Alante like we, the four of us have put so much time into these songs and so much like genuine like um thoughtfulness and love and like we've taken all our musical backgrounds and like put it into this mm-hmm. uh this record and these songs and and then it culminated in a two-month recording session that we're still sorry I say two months it's been more like three or four we did it in what April well we yeah we did the Prairie Sun official recording um with like the full band like mostly drums bass uh rhythm guitar, guitar. rhythm yeah. guitar in uh I think it was like April yeah and now we're still we're still doing overdubs for guitar and vocals here in August so it's just an ongoing labor of love and we're just trying to get it done and we're 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 not i feel like there's not been a moment of like all right we'll just phone it in like we just keep trying to push and it it's been a thousand percent endless editing for me just yeah it's, it's yeah you're the hero of the story <laughs> you're Aww, definitely you're, too nice. you're definitely uh doing a lot of work and and nate told you that like when you brought it into mixing he was like oh most people just bring me a bunch of bullshit and you brought me this like gorgeously packaged bunch of uh well i'm like a lightweight i mean recording engineer like i like i'm not as neck deep as he is or as other people are like where they have like you know all the expensive uh virtual technology and then they also have the hardware and they have dedicated space for it and all this crap it's like i'm a little bit less than that but i'm also i think it stems from like having an ear and like one thing that nate was great at and I think recording engineers are great at is being a like a a fifth year or like a third year, whatever you yeah. want to call it, like a an outside year where they yeah. can look at everyone in the band and be like, hey, like this well, is what he it makes sounds a like. A lot of stuff. This is what you guys than I do. would have. And I was like, I was like sitting there feeling helpless at first. I was like, Ugh, I don't know if I like that. Yeah. And, but then I listened to it back, and I'm like, dude. That sounds like the Almond Brothers, the way you mix those oh, guitars. Yes. And I like I never thought about mixing it like that. Like Well, he can hear our sound from an outside perspective and not get tied up in any like he can't get he can't get tied up in it with ego or emotion. Not that we do, but it's like how can we not? I mean he and I definitely and, have differences of opinions yeah. in terms of effects. He's very minimalist and I like a little bit of like he like for example, he didn't want to put reverb on your vocals at first and I was Ooh, like, I, I, was I like, want it. I was like, we definitely. Sometimes I sound we definitely like have I'm, to. So yeah. we have like little little moments where we'll have like a difference of opinion, but it, I really appreciate him and his perspective. I like, do too. A I lot. I just loved. I think we've said it before, but his whole um, energy during our recording session was the perfect energy yeah. for us to um, be able to uh, perform in the capacity that we did like for everybody to perform at their best under pressure is a lot. Like it's like, Hey, we have 10 hours a day. We have four days. Everybody needs to nail three songs a day. We're doing three songs (laughs) a day. Uh, we're going to play it 10 times or whatever. And you have to fucking nail it all together. And like, it's a lot of pressure. No, it was three days. It was four songs a day. We we were four days, but the first day was just setting up. So it was four songs. It was really three days. So it was like 30 hours at the end. Um, but it's a lot of pressure going in and you're all playing together, but you're all in different rooms. Like it's a weird environment. 
and he was sort of like our little guiding light that just yeah. kept like he kept morale up in this very genuine way and like he was he was able to give us these sort of like he knew when it was like all right let's isolate somebody real quick and like just have them be on their own and like work on it yeah. or whatever and like you know let's put emily outside but he's also real, yeah he's, I'm, i wish he put you outside in the beginning yeah but, um. let's, let's just put it outside it's like getting dark i'm like what's happening um but it's fine um i'm not mad no okay. i yeah i i really what i really appreciated is when he told us something wasn't working he's like hey this this what you're trying to do right here it i didn't i don't like what you're trying to do I would rather have it be what you're doing originally. Because I would play something and I'd get in my own head. I'd be like, oh, this sounds like crap. i got to try something different. And then I'd try a bunch of shit. No, it's... And he'd be like, you know, I don't think this is better than what you were doing. And it's like, it's nice to have that, like you said, outside perspective. Someone who's like... You want to hear some great advice that I heard one time? And I can't remember who told me. If you're throwing a dinner party, don't cook something new. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, if you're throwing a dinner party, cook some shit that you're Old super reliable, fucking good yeah. at yeah cook some shit that you've like done forever and like is your bread and butter like you're like this is my fucking best dish like don't be like oh I'm having a dinner party so I have to do something crazy and exciting let me get on Pinterest and figure it out like that's kind of how I felt it was like we're in the we're in the pressure seat and it's like oh shit is this not good enough do we have to be better and it's like no 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 what you've been doing is you and it's amazing and we're all solid musicians and like, let's go with yeah. it. And like, he knew when to call that and be like, no, 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 this is, this is, yeah, yeah don't, don't try to like so, over icing so it. So yeah, I'm meeting with him on Labor Day, Monday. Yay. No days, hashtag no days off for all stew. I, so I love it. I've been actually swamped like recording and like teaching and It's great to have playing. projects. I, I feel most stasis like happy when i have pro personal projects I think everyone so, does i think everyone yeah. does Some when you come home and you don't know what the fuck to do with yourself that's a bad place yeah so like i think it, yeah I, i'm not trying to like so, talk for you but yeah like, i think no it's nice I, I totally projects. get it but yeah. it's not also nice to spend time with amber and like chill yeah. and stuff but it's like um today i recorded you know tonight we're doing the podcast tomorrow we have two i have a show and we have a show Sunday I'm recording and then Monday I'm going it's just I've I've been like just completely submerged in music and it's busy right. and it is work that you know I'm not necessarily always getting paid for but it's yeah. like it is work but it's it's a labor of love you know yeah the labor of love is what makes it matter like when you're slaving over your computer for hours and hours and you lose track of time because you just are so into it and you're yeah that's totally. that's that's what but yeah, let's time. just wrap this up. Um, wrap so this yeah, up. please come see us. Uh, if you're in Santa Rosa, Napa area, you can see us um, at the thir on the 13th um, at the Flamingo Resort. And then, other than that, um, I guess we're not we're not playing a ton. Other than that, right? We've been to <laughs> oh, and Lagunitas and Petaluma. Lagunitas on the, on the to 15th. give to give us some credit. We're playing Smiley's, I think, October 4th, um, and Bolinas, but. Yeah. To give us some credit, like we have been so focused on finishing this album that booking has gone a little bit like sleepier than before. And you, you're kind of our spearhead for booking. Yeah. And um, we're just, we're just, we're just trying to get this record out, which I think is a positive thing because it means that when we do the release show, we haven't played in a while. Yeah, I'm not like we're like rusty, but like we haven't been like hitting the local scene so much that people don't want to come yeah i'm anyway, hope, i mean i think it's gonna our, be good. our show will be huge yeah but yeah um 
We have some exciting guests on the horizon for this podcast. <gasps> I'm so excited. Um, yes. So I will leave James it. was amazing, by the way. Yeah. I told him in real Shout life. Shout out, James. Yeah. I like, gave him a hug, and I was like, you were the dream guest. And he was like, the first, like so, so Tom was the first quote-unquote guest, but he's radio keys, so I think of James as our first sort of guest guest. And I was just like, you were incredible. Like, you were thoughtful. You listened. Um, you know, you, you told great stories, like you were honest, you know, you got, yeah, he was he just was fantastic great. and, and his recording sounded great. Anyway, I was just like, we were just that whole Vinny show was a love fest with like Overland and yeah, Mountain yeah. Mountains. And anyway, I can't get into it, but, um, we just love all those local guys and it's, it feels good to support local musicians. And the, what I think is really great real quick is that like this podcast started because we wanted to support music we love on a small scale of like here's some artists we think aren't being recognized enough. Maybe we can help them like give them a leg up and like just get some people listening. And I've, I've, I've talked to people to listen to the podcast like Marge and she's like, Oh, I love Charlie Crockett now. And like it, like it's, it's actually working on very, yeah, it's actually, and then I, when I was at her house, we were having drinks, we played Charlie Crockett for her roommate and he was like, who the fuck is this? This is a fucking amazing. And like, yeah. it's so it's like, it's, it's just a small, Charlie Crockett it's us. Shit. By yeah. the way, his, oh, uh, his album, the Valley is about to drop and it's, yeah. it's really good. We played nitrate in Memphis with the piano and coming in and like, it's and it's just like, who is this? And yeah. so like, anyway, on this very cool scale, like what we're doing, whether or not people are listening, like it's, it's working on a very small scale. But what I think is really fun about us bringing guests on is that, okay, let's open this up to our local community, which we've been a part of for 10. I've been a part of for 10 years. You've been a part of for over 10 years. And now we're like bringing them into the mix. People like James and our secret guests that we're going to bring on (laughs) and, uh, and, and saying, Hey, like, I just don't want to count my chickens before. No, no, no. I feel the same way. I don't want to like name anybody, but, um, it's like we're we're actually opening it to a real sphere where we get to have their voices on because we've we've had some interviews with like Anna Ash, Chris Casper, but to have a musician on here talking about their, I just think any musicians like story. Would you be line, open to doing it in Oakland so you can hop on too? I'd love that. All yeah. right, cool. Because that's what I want to do. I want to do it. Yeah, in the I want house. Tom to produce it, and yeah. I want you and me both on. Okay. On it because I, I think it's. I mean, I like doing it alone, but I, I prefer to have you on it as well. But anyway, let's wrap this up. Let's We've wrap it up. Longer than so we, we, to. we need to do what we promised to do and yeah. play one of A.A. Bondi's 2019 songs. Yeah. And I want to play um, Images of Love. I think that's one of his big ones. He has a video out of it. Yeah. It's really weird. It like starts out with some weird, like, weird. Foot, <laughs> fetish, foot fetish thing. And then like it's basically about, I think... Like, it's almost like a modern art piece. I feel yeah, like it's almost like it's images very of like strange. He's I'm not, like, you know what? I'm, I was gonna try to say what I think it's about, but I really have no fucking idea. It's just, <laughs> it's just like it's very abstract. Well, the the idea I think is to make you sort of yeah, it's abstract and to make you sort of think outside of what you're hearing and yeah. I what I think of so I can only talk about what I thought of when I saw it. I was like. These are modern images of quote love, right? Like, yeah, no, that's that's. These great. are modern images of love. Like, you no. see these different things, and people think like this is what you know. Some people would quantify as love, even though it's clearly like kind of fucked up. Like, yeah. there's a lot, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of clearly like kind of weird shit about it. Yeah, but there are definitely some people who would be in love with that kind of thing you know yeah, and well and love is is a very but you'll you'll hear his like minimalist 
style in this. It's really evolved. He doesn't play a ton of guitar anymore. And if he does, it, it sounds like a keyboard. Well, it's fun to hear an artist like him who you know is... It's almost like it reminds... I know I use Picasso a lot, and I'm sorry, but Picasso, like, mastered realism, like, could do realistic paintings of the church and people and, like, portraits, and he was like, yep, I get it. Now I'm going to go abstract and just fuck around and, like, make my own thing. And I, f- I feel like musicians do that sometimes. And so, like, A, Bondi's already proven, like... Not proven, I don't mean to make it like that, but, like, shown, like, here I can do really advanced guitar playing. I can do really yeah. advanced... You know, I can sing this way. And not, and like, now Eddie Van Halen guitar playing, no, but, like... But like, like I, I keep saying Mississippi John Hurt, and yeah, that's like that's where I want to lay, like, just, like... I read, I read a great article today, and it was, uh, it was... The headline of it was, like, A.A. A. Bondi is finding new ways to sing the blues. Yeah. And it, and it was well, just, that's, like... That's, it, it was very cool. Well, there's like, only... Yeah. There's I thought only, it hit the nail on the head in terms of, like... Yeah, he's still singing about like the same type of stuff. He has the same like kind yeah. of ghostly like graveyard energy that but he's singing But why not with. use these new cool kind of like sounds? Like we we've created more sounds. It's like we yeah. can't like it's like in the art world if you created more colors. It's yeah. like that's what technology's doing and like I we there's a lot of shitty technology for music like yeah. uh what's it called uh autotune. Uh, autotune that like sounds like garbage and I'm just like, "Oh my god, stop it." But with that same technology, we can make these really cool, like, la- like soundscapes, and like, why not explore that? And so, when you have somebody as advanced well, as a sort a of storyteller of, yeah. as him, it's like he can create this. It's almost like a soundtrack to like, like a. Uh, I'm thinking of the movie Sleepy Hollow, but like a horror movie or something where it's just like you kind of create a whole mood around this story through the lyrics. Yeah. Not just with what we've had before, but with some more stuff. Well, so, like, I'm 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 really open to it, and I'm yeah. really excited with what he's come out with. Well, I've been a, a fan for a long time, yeah. And, and I want to, you know, obviously give a shout out and a thanks to A. Thank Bondi you. and his team for letting us, you know, play his music and talk about him on this podcast. Yeah. And if we have to take it down, that would be a, you know, a shame. We'll, we'll do it if we no, have to. We, if we we'll have cross to. that bridge when we have yeah. to. <laughs> It's better to beg for forgiveness than ask for Our permission. Our dad always says that when, <laughs> when we're breaking a rule. He's like, better to ask for forgiveness. Oh, wait, is it? Better to beg for forgiveness than ask for per- permission? Yeah. Better to beg for forgiveness than ask, ask for, for permission. permission. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes anyway, you just got to go for it. <laughs> um, so this is Images of Love off of Enderness by A.A. Bondi. Came out 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so Check out the whole record. Check out his whole Spotify catalog. It's just So gorgeous. yeah, please check out A.A. Bondi. He's on Spotify. There's not a ton about him on He's the internet. He's touring in Europe right He's now, He's in I Europe. Believe. Yeah. Uh, we missed him. We Amber and I just got back from Santa Barbara, and we were like dead and also super fucking broke. He'll, he'll come back. He'll, come, he'll back. come back. If I say yeah. it out loud, it'll like manifest, and he'll come back. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, Stuart. I'm Emily. And we're going to keep searching for that sweet soul music. Stranger if you come 
Yeah.